0: Assalamu alaikum, welcome to the Seekers Hub podcast, a regular offering of inspiring and relevant sacred knowledge. We believe in knowledge without barriers, so we make quality programs available free to all. Thank you to the thousands of donors and supporters around the world who make this possible by the grace of Allah. Your financial support is crucial to our Spread Light campaign, which seeks to provide truly excellent Islamic learning to at least a million seekers of knowledge in the coming years. Please visit us at www.seekershub.org for more information on our online academy, reliable answers service, and engaging media. Bismillah rahman Ten steps to having tamakkun in fiqh, to having firm-footedness in one's seeking of n- the knowledge of Fiqh, The first is that you have to repeat. You have to review. They say, that by repetition even donkeys learn, right? Meaning a fortiori, if you're not a donkey, right? If even a donkey could learn, then whatever you are, we have high hopes that you will learn too. You have to repeat. You have to review. What do you have to review? Particularly the key concepts, right? The key concepts, the conditions, the integrals, right? The conditions and the integrals. Because if you understand the conditions and integrals of something properly, you know what that thing is. You should know the definitions of things. What is wudu? What is ghusl? What is wiping over hoofs? um what does it what does removing filth mean what is washing what is wiping what is istinja? right because as sheikh adib Gallas, hafizahullah would say um الأمور, that matters are known by their definitions Right? definitions bring out the meanings of things so you should so how do you do it by repetition. Number two, take notes. And in repetition, we don't, you know, what kind of repetition do we do? We do, right? Repetition while seeking understanding of what you're covering. So you repeat and that repetition with thinking. And as you repeat and you're thinking things that you're not clear about, take notes. Don't stop your repetition. Take notes though. And then go back and look those things up, ask your questions, etc. So number one, repeat with understanding, and if you can memorize things, but with understanding, that's excellent. Number two, is take notes, take notes, take notes while you're listening, but also make notes, right? So you've taken notes of the lessons, but um, read some some reading is recommended. Don't just read passively, read actively. Take notes. You don't have to take notes of the whole thing, right? So you have the core material that you're listening to. Take notes of the whole thing. But anytime you're reading anything worth reading, have pen and paper with you and jot down the most important things. Or there's some useful discussion, but you don't have time for it. Jot down that there is a useful discussion there. But take notes. While another aspect of taking notes is diagramming. Diagram what you're studying. Right? Because that helps visualize the concepts. Right? So for example, we say that wudu, there's four obligatory acts in wudu, break that in down down into a diagram. Right? Four acts, define each action, then have another one for the Sunnas, try to combine the two diagrams into one. Um, maybe diagram the wudu from beginning to end, um the way how filth is removed, the different types of filth, um, the different types of removal of filth. You diagram things, it helps you start to um, one visualize the material to to understand the concepts, but also it makes you actively engage with what you're learning. Rather than just being a consumer, right? You're an engager, right? And a seeker of knowledge is called a seeker because they're they're an active participant, right? They're a ilm right? The talib is the ism fail. It is the active um, agent right? who's, in, who's characterized by the verb. So Talab, seeking, is active in the seeker. right? He's not the one who's sought by knowledge. And this is a mistake that sometimes people make because it's, it's sort of respectfully justified um, laziness. right? You say, oh, traditional knowledge is about taking from teachers. Right? And that's a load of laziness, of course, it's taking from teachers, but it is seeking from teachers, right? It's seeking from teachers, and you seek from teachers, you strive to master what you're getting from them. you seek your guide, seek guidance from them as to what, how more, how you can get more, what else, what you should be reading, and be active in learning from those things that you're seeking. The traditional way is a guided way of seeking knowledge but it's a way of seeking knowledge right so you take from your teachers you seek from your teachers seek knowledge from your teachers but you also seek guidance as to how you can continue seeking so you take from your teachers but you also ask okay i'm studying this book with you what else can i sh- sh- can and should i be reading so you seek right so you have that sense of avid avidness you and talab right talab in the arabic language it, it has a sense of not just seeking but having need for something, right? And this is a meaning, interestingly, that's found in Urdu for talab. Right? You say, and as Mufti Taqi and others point out, you say, I have talab for pan," right? That um, I have, I'm, I'm not just seeking pan, but or seeking whatever, but I have a need for it, I have an urgent, pressing need, right? That sense exists in talab al-ilm, so you have a desperate sense need for this knowledge because you have a desperate need for guidance out of your desperate need for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this is the importance of taking notes and of course part of number one which is review is to review the notes that you take and 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 part of being of basic common sense is to keep your notes in a way that you can benefit from them long term number three is to ask the prophet sallam said al su'al the cure for confusion is but is but to ask so you should ask questions and part and they say that that asking is half of knowledge and part of why it's half of knowledge is half of knowledge is to know how to ask your questions right and to ask the right questions to ask them in the right way so that your questions um bring you to um, the answer, right? And sometimes just the process of formulating your question can help you answer. But you ask not only about... um, You don't just ask about things you don't know, but you also ask to confirm things that you think you understand, right? Because you want... عِلْم in reality is decisive knowledge, right? It's decisive knowledge, right? Because you have... Things that you you that are suppositions that you think that's probably true, and there's matters that you're reasonably sure about. But the basis of knowledge is that knowledge is decisive, right? It knowledge is that which shows you things as they truly are, right? And that's what you want. So if you think you kind of figured something out, confirm that understanding, and sometimes just the act of formulating what you think you understood, and say. Um, I, w- I wasn't sure about such and such is it this way or I, I was looking up about such and such and I, l- I read um, this is what I understood is that correct right so you confirm your understanding and sometimes just the act of formulating that will help you understand that no, you got it completely wrong, right? So this is number three. So the first is repetition. The second is taking notes. The third is asking and learning how to ask questions. The fourth, and we've touched upon this in part, is that it is that you have to do extra reading. You have to do extra reading in a guided way, of course. Don't just read any old thing, but you have to do extra reading as... Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar al shinqiti said says in one of in a beautiful lecture he has on talab al-ilm part of the adab of the true seeker of knowledge is that they don't suffice themselves in reading from learning from teachers but also they don't suffice themselves of in re- studying with teachers from reading on their own right you, the, the 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 strong student of knowledge is the one who who learns the core of their knowledge with their teachers, but at the same time, and after that, they also read other related stuff so that they gain breadth and depth of knowledge. But their reading isn't random, right? The sunnah is to take the best and most effective of means in everything. So if you you know you could potentially read many things. So what do you read? You read the best things you could read. How do you find out what's the best thing to read? Right, And the best thing to read depends on your circumstance. If you're just starting off, you'd be almost foolish to go and read the Hidayah, even if it's available in translation in English. Something else may be more suitable, given where you're at in your religious understanding. So how do you know how to prioritize? Ask, right? Ask, ask has the people who know if you know not right but read and if you can, a number of علماء mention that anytime you're studying one book, try to read one other book of a similar level with it on your own right so if you're studying the Mukhtar, for example, in the chapters of worship, try to read the the, the translation we have in English, the um, of Maraq al-Falah with it, right, but how, you read actively, don't try to read everything, if you can, read everything, you know, key investigations, important points that you want more details on, read those parts from the Maraqi, jot down useful related details that you find, right, selective reading, you don't have to, reading um, is a selective process in these kinds of things, right, you don't, you know, reading, recite, reading Quran, beginning to end, is an act of worship, right? But books of knowledge, right? There's some things that you study beginning to end, but other things you read selectively. You're looking for points of benefit, right? So you're like an eagle that is sort of soaring above the land, the, the vast lands of, of of this literature, and you try you pounce upon the points of benefit. But try to read a, a book along with it. If in, in English read along the translation of Maraq al-Falah, for example. In Arabic, read along in the translation of Maraq al-Falah, particularly when it comes to the sections of worship. And similarly, in other chapters, read along in one book. Over 12 weeks, it's not that difficult to have read the entire book, or much of the entire book. When you finish the course, when you're reviewing, review both the book that you've studied with the teacher, and that other book, And you'll find in reading that other book, it'll clarify things that in your study of the text that you are covering, that you maybe weren't quite so sure of. It'll bring up issues. It'll give you deeper insight into things that you cover. It'll bring up issues, discussions, etc. that seem relevant, that you may have questions about or would seek clarification about. So it'll deepen and strengthen your understanding. Right? And the per- person who's read two books is not like the person who's read one uh, who's read just one. right So these are some of the things that one can do. So the first thing was repetition. The second was taking notes. The third was asking questions. The fourth is mutalaha, is having extra reading. Individual issues, you may want to research them elsewhere. Look them up. but don't just go look them up anywhere. Ask where do I look this up? I wanted to know about such and such. Where would I find it? Right? And when you think you found it, confirm what you found. And if this confirmation is not the confirmation of feebleness. It, a confirmation, it is the confirmation of one who is seeking to strengthen themselves as a student of knowledge, so that they can stand on their own two feet on the path of knowledge and walk forward, right? And walk forward um, with confidence based on clarity and not just on you know being on various shades of delusion and the fifth relates to a one of the virtues of attending a class is prepare for the class and this is something that isn't politically correct it seems that you know oh my god you expect me to prepare for the class no there's no expectation you just listen to the class mashallah right it's better than not having done anything but if we're talking about do you want to be you know, the best way to aspire is before the class, at least read over, if nothing else, just read over the section, right? Read over just the text of the section. If you can prepare more, read over the text of the section and try to understand it. How? By looking at the commentary, looking at marakh al-falah, looking at, thinking about how do you apply this looking if you have questions is something the expression unclear write down your questions beforehand and then listen to the lesson you'll find some of your questions will be answered some won't be right so this is a fifth step: is preparing before the lessons right and of course there's levels of preparation as well Um, some people would strive and this is something I've heard from a number of my teachers that The best way to be prepared for a class is that you go to the class um, knowing the subject better than the teacher because you've prepared so hard for it. Many of the the ulama would recommend preparing five hours for every one hour of class that you take. Preparing five hours for every hour of class that you take. Others would say prepare three hours for every hour of class. Others would say prepare one hour for every hour of class you do. And then review Comes after it, of course. So these are um, f- five outward aspects of um, mastery in talab al-Ilm: repetition, taking notes, asking questions, doing readings, but of course guided, right? Not just. Uh, because if you read the wrong things, it can, you can confuse your understanding and impair your understanding, even particularly in the beginning. And fifth, preparing for, for classes. Right? And we do these to the extent possible if you're not able to do everything immediately, then bring these positive practices of student of a student of knowledge gradually into your life. So these are five outward habits. And there's five inward habits which are number one, have a high intention. Have a high intention in your seeking of knowledge. Right? Have a high intention. Third secondly, have a clear sense of what you are seeking right what are your goals as a student of knowledge so you should have clearly defined goals what am I trying to achieve as a student of knowledge and we're talking about clear discernible goals yes you're seeking the pleasure of Allah but like what are you trying to learn okay what are you trying to learn how are you going to go about it so have clear defined goals right are you just seeking to to, to know what you need to know for personal practice would you like to um, to be able to teach others if so what what is the what is your how are you defining the upcoming steps in your journey of knowledge and if you're not clear about that then again ask right ask find out reflect on it so the first is having a high intention seeking the pleasure of Allah learning about the sunnah of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam bringing um the, the guidance of the prophet sallallahu into your life um re- benefiting from from the knowledge being able to benefit others right there's many aspects to this then a third key is veneration right veneration ta'zim right? deep unshakable respect and the, this is from the taqwa of, the, from taqwa of hearts, right? From the taqwa that is in the heart, um, that will you alim shaa That whoever venerates the signs of Allah, that is indeed from taqwa that is in hearts. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, in, I believe in Surah Al Hajj, and veneration, deep respect for knowledge, right? For knowledge itself, and for the scholars, and for the books of knowledge. And for the issues of knowledge and for the writings of the ulama. Because one realizes what these represent. Right, what these represent. All these things have a nisbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have an inscription to Allah. The knowledge is the knowledge of the guidance of Allah, of the teachings of the Messenger of Allah. The scholars are the inheritors of Rasulullah. Their teachings are an exposition of the guidance of the Prophet. Or are an explanation of the guidance, or are an ex- interpretation, or an application of the guidance of Allah and His Messenger. So even if they erred, but the process itself, right? This is something worthy of our respect. So even when we disagree with other ulama, you know, for example, with people of the other madhabs, etc., right? As students of knowledge, you know, and sometimes there may be some lighthearted joking, but under, underlying all of it has to be this deep, deep tazim, knowledge right and disrespect for the ulama right and this is one of the sicknesses one, one acquires in academia right disrespect for, for the ulama and for what they say even when they appear to be in error and sometimes the error may be in one's understanding of what they are saying this is from deen so even when we disagree i, I mean Sheikh Muhammad Jumah hafizahullah when he'd be reading from, from Maraq al-Falah, for example, when we're covering it, and from other works w- w- where expressions like this come, sometimes the ulama use critical terms, that um, and so-and-so wrongfully thought, za- wa- al karhi For example, *karhi*, wrongfully thought, that's, or wrongfully argued, such and such. Sheikh Muhammad Jum'ah out of Adab wouldn't just read that straight. He would stop at such at expressions of criticism, he would stop, and say. Then he "Rahimahullah, he would stop before an expression in which the author was criticizing someone else. He would stop and say. And then the author said that so and so wrongfully thought such and such. Right? So that he would be ascribing the criticism not as if he's make, saying it himself, but he's saying. And then the author said, right? So making it explicit that this is shurur bulali saying it out of respect for for scholars and out, also out of humility right this is from ta'zim ta'zim for the books of knowledge because they these are vessels containing the water of guidance that gives life to our to our souls to our intellects to our lives right so this is why imam kirhi that great hanafi imam Said عنه, بالتعظيم, that we have only attained unto this knowledge with ta'zim with veneration. For wallahi and and as a consequence I have never touched a piece of paper. And this is a blank piece of paper, a kaghid In Urdu, it's from Persian, it's kaghid or kaghiz or كاغز, right? the Persian is Kagas, right, like in urdu Kagas is what it's a blank piece of paper that he never even took touched a blank piece of paper except on on Tahara why because the piece of paper is an a means of knowledge they used to say you know it's from it's from disrespect to knowledge to throw pens on the ground pen right even like a ballpoint pen why because something knowledge is written with right, but this kind of attitude um. Ta'zim, being on wudu' when one seeks knowledge. You know, and it's, above all, it's an inward attitude towards knowledge. So that's the third thing. First was intention. Fifth. Second, having clear goals of what one is trying to achieve. And of course, and, and much can be said about that. But third, having ta'zim, veneration. Fourth is having adab, having the proper manners. You can only have the proper manners if you learn about them. And there's great works on the adab of knowledge, so find out about it. And fifth, is consistency right it's consistency knowledge you seeking knowledge not well I'm kind of busy right now I'm going to seek knowledge in two years time no so a seeker of knowledge the seeking of knowledge has to be intrinsic to them you may be very busy you know you have bar exams coming up and you're a lawyer and you're losing your mind then don't no one's saying to engage in half an hour of study every day but one issue learn something every day review something every day right make it an attitude if you hear someone talking about a matter of knowledge or benefit, go down and write it down. Like you know, your your dad mentioned that, you know, our beta, our teachers used to say, and they mentioned some interesting point of adab. Go write it down. You know? Dad mentioned that his teachers used to say that you should um do whatever, right? That you should never wait wear, wear white in graveyards. So write it down, ask, find out, right? Is there what are the or A question comes up from, what are the adab- what's the adab of graveyards? So write it down. Your dad sometimes says far-fetched things, but the person has the attitude of learning, even from strange things, they come up with a point of knowledge that I, I need to find out what are the proper manners of going to the graveyard, right? Because your dad said that, you, beta, you can't wear white, and you have to look sad, and you should not go with perfume on. And you're like, well, hmm, that's probably not quite correct. But you don't know what the proper manners are. So you jot it down that this is something I need to find out about. One of the things, characteristics of the ulama that we found is that they always have bags full of questions that they're wondering about. Right, A few times I've asked Mufti Taqi about a question and said, yeah, I've been thinking about that for the last 20 years. Right, <laughs> And he doesn't have an answer yet. Right? It's, it's, he's pondering about it. If you ask him, he could go on perhaps for hours about what the different ulama have said about it, but he's not comfortable yet taking a stance on it and there's some issues probably not that many but or other issues where they're wondering about right M- many times i've seen Sheikh nuh keller for example hear that there's a scholar in town he says, oh i'd like to meet him because i have um, a few dozen questions in fiqh that i wanted to ask one there's one of the Jordanian hadith scholars wanted to meet Nuh because he'd heard sheikhnu Keller, He'd heard so much about him, so as soon as you know people usually meet and how are you doing and you know just niceties. Sheikh, after a few niceties, he said you know I have a few questions on hadith. and had a whole list of questions prepared. Why? Because avidness for knowledge, right? Avidness for knowledge. Um, so you learn from people who know more than you. You learn from people who know less than you. You're always seeking knowledge, right, and one of the ways of that is always acting upon one's knowledge as well, right always Mm -hmm. acting upon one's knowledge as well, so these are ten of the adab that we could mention about knowledge, five in, five outward repetition I mean review repetition and review is number one number two um, taking notes and not just of the lessons, but from of, of readings and anything that one studies, one takes note. Third, asking questions and asking questions in the right way. Fourth, doing related readings, mutala'ah. Right? Number fifth is preparing for lessons. Okay, And inward manners, having high intentions. Secondly, having clear goals. Four, third, having veneration and respect, deep respect for the... Um, for, for for the knowledge and all that relates to it, Ta'zim. Fourth, adab, right, having the proper adab, proper manners of a student of knowledge. And fifth, consistency, right, that you're always seeking. So even if you're except, exceptionally busy, gain something, one issue a day, right, one issue a day, right, and part of consistency is having routines, having routines. So these are some of the adab, And these adab can be found in a number of recommendable books. Amongst them, Imam Zirnouji's work, Ta'aleem al and this is available in English, Instruction um, of the Student, published by Starlatch Press, with a foreword by Sheikh Hamza Yusuf. Um, Imam Ghazali's Book of Knowledge has an excellent section on the adab of knowledge. Imam Nawawi, in his introduction to his Majmour, has an excellent section on the adab of knowledge. Badruddin ibn Jama'a has one of the best books on the proper, on the adab of knowledge. It's called, Allahumma Sadiqahana Sayyidina Muhammad. At al Sami'i wal Mutakallim fi adab al alim wal mutaallim A reminder to the hearer and speaker with respect to the adab, proper manners of the scholar and the student. And it's a wonderful work by Badruddin ibn Jama'ah. and there's other works on the proper manners of learning, similarly the hadiths on the virtues of learning, particularly, for example, in Riyad al Salihin, and the, the the chapter of knowledge in Sahih al Bukhari is amazing, right? It is truly, truly amazing, and other works as well. So these are things that one can. Can and should benefit from to strive to become a student of knowledge uh, worthy of being a student of knowledge. And if you know one is starting off, then one does what one can. Right? One does what one can. But at least one should know how um, real seeking of knowledge should be. May Allah subhanahu wa taala make us of those who acquire these traits um, and overlook our shortcomings and grant us strength through Him, for it is Him alone that we rely in, uh, on and th- through him alone that we have strength and ability and may Allah wa ta'ala make us of those who tread with excellence on the footsteps of the sum of all excellence our beloved messenger peace and blessings be upon him and his noble family and honored companions and all those who followed in their great footsteps until the last day may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of the foremost of those who walk on those footsteps walhamdulillahi